What's up, my intrepid investigators? I'm Chris with Tabletops and Tentacles, and this is Die Alone, a solo RPG and game podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking about Detective City of Angels from Van Ryder Games, but first a few news and updates from the Tabletops and Tentacles headquarters, hidden deep in Idaho's underground sea. As you can tell, the break I'd planned before launching Season 2 of Die Alone ended up being a little longer than I'd anticipated. Uh, Between holidays and new puppies and illnesses in the family and a few other unexpected distractions, um, things just got hard to not just sit down and record, but also hard to find time to sit down and play solo games. A big part of that is that I was focused on some deadlines for finishing up 3 Dice 6, which is finally done. We are just waiting on the printing stages of things now. I've gotten the deluxe core book in and approved the print proof on it, and I'm just waiting on the solo adventure books to get here so that I can approve those. Uh, The digital versions of all of those should be going live on RPG sometime in the next few days. And I'll be sure to make a link in the show notes here if you want to check it out or pick up a copy of it. I'm really proud of it. I think it turned out really good. And the two solo adventures are pretty radically different. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, One of them is more of a race against time to rescue some eggs. There's a lot of combat. There's some unusual choices you can make that'll end up in you dying horribly um and then the lost city is more of a exploration type of one where you're uncovering a few secrets and trying to find out what happened to an abandoned city of rome in the shimmer so i'm pretty excited about those i can't wait to finally get them out to people it is taken me almost six months longer than I expected my worst case scenario to be for those and I think that I learned a lot from that Kickstarter I definitely I learned the importance of not over promising on stretch goals just because you're excited about something doing a Kickstarter takes a lot of work ahead of time it takes a lot of work running it and the more you have done ahead of time the better the entire experience is going to be for you. I loved doing 3-die-6, but one of the most important things I learned is that I need to know exactly what I'm promising and what I can deliver before I ever hit launch on that button. I definitely got caught up in the excitement of the funding and promised some stretch goals that hadn't even been done anything but uh, thought process in my head. Finishing those up after the fact is very daunting when you've promised something that you haven't done yet. So my biggest recommendation as far as doing especially RPG content on Kickstarter is to have as much of it written ahead of time as humanly possible. Um, I'm actually working with my buddy Craig and a group of my other friends with a new company called Squid Ink Games. And one of the things that they're doing is taking games that my wife and I had started designing before she had her medical event that left her with brain damage and vision problems. 
and they are taking some of those designs and modifying them, converting them to a model that is playable from a game book standpoint. They're kind of saying, hey, you've got all these miniatures and pieces already from your other games. Here's a different way of utilizing and playing with them. And a lot of it is definitely inspired from my recent discovery and love of solo RPGs. Uh, the one that they just got done kickstarting, Escape Sequence Xeno, is very aliens inspired, but you make a map using a playing card deck. And as you're playing the game, you're moving around this station, trying not to get killed by an alien and activating escape pod codes and a handful of other fun little objectives. And I think it turned out really great. Um, I did most of the artwork for it, and it looks fantastic. I'm really excited about it getting finished up. One of the things we specifically set down as a goal with Escape Sequence was to have the bulk of it completed before we ever hit launch on Kickstarter. And I think that made a huge difference with that project. There weren't any stretch goals that weren't already in progress or already planned. There wasn't anything that's delaying us unnecessarily towards the end here. And it's gone smoothly enough that I'm already talking to them about doing a few of my other designs that, frankly, I don't have time to do as a full game like I'd hoped to. And so converting them into these little game book style ones is a really cool idea. And I'm really interested to see where this goes. I think Squid Ink is... A cool model and it's sort of this hybrid between game books role-playing games and board games that I think if they can do it right it could be something really interesting so um, that will be available soon uh, the Kickstarter for it has ended already it was kind of in that dead month where I was stuck in deadlines and trying to get some art done for a couple of other companies um, I'm doing some art for Gallant Knight games Alan's got a swashbuckling hammer horror game coming out called Blood and Blade that I did an alternate cover for. And I'm doing some artwork for an upcoming Everway expansion that looks really cool. And a few pieces of art for Shiver Gothic, which is an expansion to Parable Games' uh, tabletop role-playing game Shiver, which is sort of a that one's a little more of like a 80s horror inspired, but this one's all set during Gothic era. And there's like a cool French Revolution rat city with pipes everywhere. And I'm doing about a dozen pieces for that. Most of them are landscapes or uh, environments for the game. And I'm really excited about that. It goes live. I think it's going live on Kickstarter March 1st. And I'll be sure to throw out some links to that when it's live. Um, Ben that did the artwork for the original book is doing most of the art in it and I think I, I, I think our art goes really well together and I'm super excited about it. Um, beyond that I don't have a lot going on here. Uh, cons have all basically been cancelled thanks to Omicron. Um, Zine Month is coming up and it's not Zine Quest this year. Uh, Zine Quest Kickstarter in their infinite knowledge have decided to move Zine Quest to August, I think. Uh, but obviously most of the zine creators and RPG makers have decided to just continue with their plans for doing February. And we're just doing something called Zine Month instead. 
I will still be doing a lot of my videos on YouTube. I'm going to try and utilize TikTok a little bit to shout them out and promo them. Um, but it should be fun. I'm excited about it. Like last year, I'm going to try and do as many videos and promotions for as many creators as I can. So if you have something for Zine Month going live in February, make sure you reach out to me and send me a message. Uh, I will have a link in the show description. But you can also go to tabletopsandtentacles.com slash promo dash contact. And there's a form there where you can fill out uh, the, the you can fill out to tell me more about your project and what you've got going on. And we'll make some little videos and promos for it. So as far as promos and things backing on Kickstarter, I am currently watching Final Girl Season 2. I would love to be all in on this. I missed the first one, and I've heard nothing but good things about this game. But it's fairly expensive, and I just don't have the scratch right now to get into the whole shebang. But it looks amazing. I think Final Girl looks really... It's a great concept. Abusingly, it's from the the maker of the game that we're talking about this week, uh, Detective. But it's very horror-inspired... There's a base game and then basically episodes or movies that you're playing where you pick a different character and a different villain and they're all interchangeable and swappable, but the game is fairly expensive. Um, I believe season two all in is $209. If you want the whole franchise, it's like $300. It gives you a tremendous amount of content um, but it's challenging if you didn't back the first one and haven't had a chance to play it to know whether it's worth going $300 all in or not. Um, but I, from what I've seen of it in the groups I'm in on Facebook, it looks fantastic. It looks like something that I'm, I'm already regretting not having backed the first season. So it's a struggle not hitting that back button. But, and it, may end up happening. It may be one of those where I end up backing it uh, for like a buck or 20 bucks for the a la carte or something like that and then getting it in the pledge manager if I can afford to later. I am also uh, I'm in for a PDF on Across a Thousand Dead Worlds which is a sci-fi role-playing game for one to five players where you're exploring alien sites and traversing undiscovered planets for fame and fortune. This one's doing Oh, I should mention that Final Girl is now, uh, I believe it's the highest funded solo-only board game on Kickstarter at $1.3 million. So they're killing it, literally. Um, but anyway, Across the Thousand Dead Worlds is doing really well as also. And it is sort of designed to be a single-player experience, but you can play without a game master for up to five players which is really cool. The artwork in it is fantastic. It's this gorgeous kind of photo bash, black lined ink work. I, I really like it. It's kind of got a touch of photo to it, but it also has a, a nice art look as well. Um, you create a deep diver using a freeform character creation system and begin your journey across the galaxy where you discover abandoned research facilities, explore scientific outposts, and traverse other dilapidated sites in search for alien technology. Um, you have a home between missions called Karum Station, and it looks 
fantastic. I am really interested in this. The framework on it is really unique. It's got a jam optional system so that the character uh, growth and in-depth, uh, the setting itself is kind of generated as you're playing. The book looks amazing. I would love to get a copy of the book itself. 65, 70 bucks for 280 page hardcover seven by nine book. Oh, sorry, over 400 page seven by nine book is not a bad price. It's just something that's hard to justify right now. But I think it looks fantastic, so I'm definitely watching Across a Thousand Dead Worlds. Um, beyond that, I'm paying attention to Marvel Zombies just because I'm intrigued by it, but it's, it's not a game for me. Not only is the price obscene for it, it's over $400 if you want the all-in gigantic Galactus for some reason, but I just... The miniatures in it are fantastic. I think they would be really great for the superhero uh, skirmish game that my brother and I are developing. But the game itself doesn't really appeal to me that much. I think had Kaman done more of a Cthulhu Death May Die version of a Marvel game where you have different villain boxes and different heroes you're playing, different events, it would have been a really unique and cool, strong game. But instead, half the miniatures are zombies, and eh, just not really that into it. But I'm always watching it because, come on, if nothing else, usually puts on an entertaining show when they're doing a Kickstarter. Uh, beyond that, I'm not really backing anything else. It's been sort of a slow month on Kickstarter, but I'm also, uh, with cons canceling and everything, we're pretty tight on money right now, so I'm trying to stay away from Kickstarter to an extent. Um, despite having talked for like 15 minutes about Kickstarter. Now, beyond that, um, you may also hear disgruntled Muppet noises coming from my speaker while I'm recording for the next few months here. Um, Balrog, our new puppy, is my little studio buddy, and he tends to grumble when he's sleeping. So if you hear weird little gurgly noises, it's that, that's, that's Balrog. He's sort of a Muppet meets a Hobbit with a much more intimidating name. <laughs> so, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we dive into Detective is Through the Void, which is itch funding right now. After the Solar Wars, almost nothing was left. Empires demolished, cultures destroyed, the Legion scattered across the void as a shadow of its former self. All that remains is the 3TRN5 station Eternus. Looming in the middle of space, an impossible structure built of rings within rings, constantly shifting, whirring, and changing. Surrounded by the inky blackness of space and the vast ruins from generations of a war that slowly whimpered out. For decades now, Eternus has survived on the salvage of bygone eras, small outlying colonies, and asteroid mines, along with the sweat, toil, and blood of drifters, those desperate few willing to leave the safety of the rings and go through the void. So Through the Void is a minimalist OSR-inspired RPG for one to seven players from Tony Vicenda and the Plus One team. The core rules of the game fit on a single sheet of paper, they are itch funding for the Ashcan version of this with the original art by Alex Mitchell. 
and I'm really down with this. I've downloaded the the preview reviewer copy of it, and it's got a great vibe to it. The artwork and it's fantastic and fits the look very well. It's got the obligatory uh, spaceman with the skull in a spacesuit floating in space look on it, which you can't go wrong with. Um, but there's there it's funding extra adventures and content for it, and you can literally buy it for a buck if you want to go in and support them for this. I am absolutely all in on some of these little OSR games that Tony's been doing, and this one is particularly interesting to me because I just got done doing a space horror game. We're working on the space horror issue of Tabletops and Tentacles. There's there's nothing about this that I'm not excited about. Uh, so again, links below in the description, or you can find links at tabletopsandtentacles.com and hook up and help support some indie creators making space horror. So moving on to the big review this week, we are talking about Detective City of Angels. Now this is a board game, and this is a 1940s Los Angeles-based detective game, which is right in the title. <laughs> you, you don't get much more obvious than that. So I was immediately drawn to Detective City of Angels because I am a massive noir fan. I love 1940s era Los Angeles, New York, any of that type of stuff. Uh, Vincent Dutre is also one of my favorite board game artists and just sort of general artists, period. Um, his stuff is all mostly traditionally done, and it has this just stunningly beautiful, like, acrylic watercolor colored pencil hybrid that is just beautiful. And his art is the perfect match for a game set in the 1940s in Los Angeles. It's got this great color to it, but it also has this nice palette that's sort of washed out and looks a little bit like an older postcard kind of thing. Uh, the map itself, well, let me let me not get too far ahead of myself. So in Detective, you play a detective who has uh, four turns a day, basically, and you have a set number of days to solve a crime. So you're moving around this gorgeous 1932 map that uh, Dutre has updated to fit the gameplay. And as you move around the city, you can investigate different locations, you can investigate um, different pieces of evidence, or you can investigate lo locations. And the way it's set up is really interesting because you can ask almost anyone about almost anything that you've discovered. You can even go places based off of inferring off of what someone has said even without any kind of hard evidence or proof that that location is involved and it it makes it a point of making that worthwhile to a certain extent still um, for instance in the I believe it's the introductory case or one of the other ones that we played uh, there they mention a church in it and one of the options is you can literally just pick a church nearby and go talk to the person at that church and they have a card that you pull out that's like oh okay you're not looking for this church you're looking for a catholic church kind of thing and that little aspect of it right there the 
versatility and the freedom to act like a detective, whether bumbling or sharp, is 100% baked into this game is really impressive to me. Um, I've personally not played it as a detective. I usually play the Chisel, who is the um, basically the game master for the game. And you're in charge of giving responses to the detectives when they talk to witnesses or revealing evidence or like events as they happen and that kind of thing. Um, you're allowed to lie, you're allowed to mislead, or misdirect, and it all comes down to whether they believe you as the chisel. And it's a really cool mechanic. I thought it was going to be my least favorite part was playing the chisel, but honestly, it has a very kind of guided dungeon master feel to it, and I really appreciate that. It depends on who you're playing with, on how good they are at knowing your actions and so it becomes almost a challenge of wits for them to decide whether you're trying to mislead them or if you're being honest or if you're being honest to mislead them and it has a system where you can gain leverage by calling them on a lie just like in a detective show where they call someone on their bs and the the criminal's like, okay, okay, you got me. It's my gun, kind of thing. And it's really interesting as you play the game. Um, however, there are two different modes in this. And the system of responding as the witnesses for the chisel involves you taking their responses on cards. And you've got like a truthful response, a maybe somewhat misleading response or an outright lie that you can twist and put in a little sleeve that just reveals the one answer and then you hand it to the the detective that's interviewing them they read it and they look at it and decide whether they're going to call you on it or believe you i i in my opinion that's where the game sort of falls down in the main mode because it's it's interesting um because you're a detective that's traveling around the city solo and the other detectives are playing against you you're keeping evidence from them so that they don't know everything that you know and if you discover something first you have a certain number of days before you have to log it into evidence before they know what you know and one of the problems with that is that it involves as the chisel you taking a card reading the options, sliding it into an envelope and handing it to someone who reads it and hands it back to you. It's not super enjoyably thematic from that point of view because of this. You aren't really talking or interacting with them, you're just handing them cards. I love the rest of that because you can hire snitches to eavesdrop or you can pay people to rough people up and get some extra scratch so that you can bribe people and it just has some really cool effects and uh, mechanics as far as that's concerned but the game itself when playing competitive it's a little quiet for me I there's not as much conversation as I'm used to when I'm playing a game and I feel like it suffers as a result uh, it's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination with that mode. I really enjoy it. And everyone that played the detectives enjoyed it. It just wasn't as 
theatrical as it could have been, um, which is what this co-op mode is definitely strongest with. Uh, when you're playing detectives together or when you're playing the chisel and one detective in a two-player mode, the chisel gets to be an actor. Uh, instead of handing them the card, you can read their response aloud and lie to them and act as the witnesses. And that makes the role of the chisel much more enjoyable. And I found that it added a little bit more of a playful atmosphere to the cases as well. It's not as balanced when you're playing co-op as it is with the competitive mode. It's definitely clearly been designed for competitive mode. But the co-op mode is a lot of fun. I think it's probably my preferred way to play, especially if you're playing the chisel. Uh, as the chisel in the standard mode, it's a little boring. And one of the things I did with this game is I bought it to play solo so that I could be the chisel for my friends when we do game night. And that's where solo play comes into this. Uh, essentially, Solo play is you exploring the case before you play the case with other people. Um, they have a solo mode in this that's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure gamebook style play, where you play the detective and you make choices, and depending on whether you call them on their responses, you go to a different page or a different location. There are different things that happen depending on what locations you explore or what piece of evidence you ask them about. It's fun. It's not the funnest way to play. However, as someone who is very focused on solo play, but also has a fairly regular game group that gets together too, and by game group, I mean it's usually my brother and sometimes one of our wives, but still, it's a group. Uh, <laughs> um, being able to sit down and play one of the cases in Detective Solo and then play the chisel with a full knowledge of the case and having experienced it from the detective endpoint is beautiful. This is sort of a perfect game for me. Yeah, I'm into the theme, I'm into the artwork, I love solo play, I love detective stuff, and I like playing co-op games that have a nice theme to them. And this sort of hits all of those bells and whistles for me. Uh, the solo play is a little anemic just because you are basically doing a choose-your-own-adventure book with a really pretty board laid out in front of you. But from a choose-your-own-adventure book standpoint, it's fantastic. The stories are great. The mysteries are very thematic. But it's like a $200 choose-your-own-adventure book if you want to get it and the expansions and everything else. Uh, Van Ryder sent me the base game as well as a few of the expansions on it. And the expansions are really interesting because each of them are cases. And each case has its own little box with a couple of cards, some responses, and then as you're playing the game, you add uh, the witnesses that you've encountered during the case into that box so that you have the, all of those ready to rock and roll on the next one without spoilers or anything else. There are three different ratings of difficulty. You can play the sleuth or the gumshoe or the hardcore mode, and each of those 
vary in terms of number of witnesses or uh, complexity of the case or uh, even just how easy it is to figure out who done it or catch them. And I've only played a few of them so far. Each of them is pretty involved. Uh, the tutorial one, if that's all you've played when you get it, don't let that dissuade you. It is a very simple game compared to most of the others. It is 100% a walkthrough on reminding you, okay, don't forget to search the cus, don't forget to search the suspects, don't forget to search the location, don't forget to ask this person about a different person kind of thing. It walks you through it in a way that if you're just playing the game, you're like, oh, this game's a little simplistic. But then you realize that it's actually a really well-made tutorial mode that works very nicely. And when you move on to your other cases, things change up quite a bit. Um, I love the design of this game. There's little plastic fedoras that you use for leverage. There's all sorts of different cards that you can hold on to or swap out and log into evidence as you're finding things. Um, I'm genuinely looking forward to playing some of the other cases on this. Uh, the only reason I haven't is that I kind of want to play them fairly fresh before I go and play the chisel for the game group and we've been playing other stuff right now. Uh, my brother got in the, the Batman animated series skirmish game and it's been a blast, but it's all we've played the last couple times we've gotten together. And then, of course, COVID keeps delaying our game group constantly. Um, but anyway, I highly recommend Detective. I think if you are purely a solo player, you would have to be really into the theme and the art and choose your own adventure style gameplay to justify the cost. However, there is a lot there there. Uh, the base box has nine cases, I believe, and there are two additional expansion sets that each have like six extra cases in them or something like that. Um, if you are a big fan of Detective and uh, Vincent's artwork, there is an art book that's really nice. Uh, he did a chisel screen that's fantastic. It's so good. It's this gorgeous shot of a swimming pool with a corpse looking out over the valley in Los Angeles. It's fantastic looking. I absolutely adore the chisel screen, actually. Um, and the cases are a really nice variety of very classic detective stories, but not so classic that you immediately know who you're talking to. I highly recommend Detective City of Angels. I think it's a fantastic looking game, uh, particularly if you have a group that you can play with after you've played the chisel. It seems like the chisel wouldn't be the funnest role, but especially if you're playing co-op and you are really focused on enjoying the case as a solo player and as the bad guy, the chisel, um, there's a lot of enjoyment to be found in this game. Um, I liked it a lot more than I expected to, despite the fact that I was predisposed to like it. Uh, it's really innovative. A lot of the, the theme pulls through in this so much stronger than a lot of other games that I've played, particularly ones based around detective type stuff.
A lot of these other games I've played that are detective themed, where there's apps that you scan to bring things up, or there's ah, there's something about the system with this that keeps it gritty and hard-boiled, but also a little goofy, which is the right tone for something that's noir themed. It's it's great. I, I really enjoyed my time playing detective. And it's one of those where I, I left it at my brother's house because he wants to play the chisel next time. And I want to go over and steal it back from him. <laughs> so I think that's a good sign. Um, I highly recommend it. You can buy it off of their website. I believe the base game is sold out right now, but it's my understanding that it should be back in stock eventually here. I think they're really super focused on their final girl Kickstarter that they're doing right now. And so I'm not sure how easy it'll be to find a copy of Detective, but if you can track one down, definitely snag it. Um, I do think it's one of those that once it's been out for a while, you'll be able to find it used because the cases really are sort of one and done. Once you've played all of them, there's not really a reason to play it again unless you're playing the chisel for a different group of detectives. However, I will probably hold on to my copy until they prize it from my cold dead hands because I love the art and design and just the the look of this game so much so that is detective city of angels um, i'll leave links to their website and a few other places on there i'm not sure how easy it will be to find them um, one other nice little note they actually have audio files for most of the cases where you can actually listen to the briefing from your chief um, and it's all fully voice acted. It's They're really nice, um, but we didn't really have a system set up to listen to it. But especially if you're playing solo, the way I'd love to, um, I listened to the audio case file intro. I have a Spotify playlist that's all thematic music that we played during the entire game. And it really drives home the feel of this game in a really, really clever, nice fashion. Uh, it's one of the things that I love the most about Van Ryder and their game designs is that they put a lot of thought into the theme. And that's something I am always very obsessed with as well. Like the Final Girls, one of the, uh, one of the collection box things is, it looks like a VHS uh, player and that's what you store the the little boxes in and I just think it's a very clever touch that they didn't have to do but they do and that's the same thing with this like it's got a badge and a cup of coffee and uh, like a some newspaper clippings that don't directly associate themselves with the case you're doing but add thematically to the case that if you do want to drill down and look at every little detail on every card, there's little Easter eggs. There are callbacks to other noir movies and neo-noir stuff. And there's some really nice, like the depth of love for the genre that they pulled into is fantastic. Um, they also have a setup so you can design your own cases. Um, you can also download additional investigation sheets so you can make notes as you're exploring and stuff. 
it's great. I really, really dig Detective. I'm so happy to have it in my library. And I, I think even if you're just into like the role-playing game stuff, this has some of that vibe to it. They've kept the mechanics streamlined enough that each day you're doing four things and you have to balance those four things pretty carefully, but there aren't so many mechanics that the board game aspect of it becomes too board gamey either. It's really more about the story, the detecting, and the the world that it exists in. And I think that that's that bridging gap between mechanics of a board game and story of a role-playing game that they really do an excellent job with. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week, I will be talking about Marching Orders, which is a solo RPG game that I'm really enjoying. Uh, sneak preview. Uh, it's got a lot of aspects of it to... It has a lot in common with 3 Die 6 in terms of... Uh, attitude and personality and a little bit of tongue-in-cheek aspect to the old-school role-playing game thing. So I'm really excited about talking about marching orders next week. Um, they actually have a new supplement for that coming out for Zine Quest slash Zine Month 2. And like I mentioned at the top, I will be doing a ton of stuff for Zine Month. I have probably overbooked myself so if you are doing something from a creative standpoint for the month hit me up let me know i would be more than happy to try and give you a shout out or a promo or make a little video for you and as always thank you so much for supporting the channel my patrons on patreon and i can't thank you supporters on patreon enough for your support and willingness to support my other stuff through that site despite me not doing a ton of stuff through that site um, it really has made a difference for us especially with conventions canceling and i thank you all very much for supporting die alone tabletops and tentacles deeply dapper um, if you'd like to support the channel in other ways, I will have links in the description or at tabletopsandtentacles.com to 3Die6 if you want to pick it up. And our websites where we sell other stuff like freeze-dried candy. That's right, we have geeky freeze-dried candy as well because we do a little bit of everything. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I have missed recording these, so I'm babbling a little bit. But I will be back regularly now, uh, now that the holidays are over and with conventions not ramping up, I'm really hoping to keep Die Alone on a weekly schedule, but it may, it may waver to bi-weekly depending on whether I have time to genuinely play a game. I have a whole pile of amazing promos and games that I've bought that I can't wait to dive into, but... I hate doing an episode off of one play. I don't like pulling something out and just reading it and saying, okay, I'll talk about this. Especially with solo RPGs, I found that there's a lot of depth hiding behind the slim trappings of a solo RPG. Particularly if you let yourself dive in and genuinely enjoy the thematic aspect of it and not just the mechanical 
oh, I'm turning over a card and this happens. There's a lot more to enjoy about solo role-playing and solo games, and I want to fully experience it before I do an episode on it. So if you've sent me a game to play or promo or something like that, and you haven't heard anything, A, season two here is just starting back up, but B, I... I hate talking about something if all I've done is read it or played it once. I really like to dive in and genuinely immerse myself in a game and make sure that I give it its full potential as far as the gameplay and what I think of it. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you, As always, if you would like to get a hold of me, you can go to my contact page on tabletopsandtentacles.com. There are links there to send me messages. You can find links to our merchandise, to our Patreon, and everything else that we do. Thanks so much for listening. May you live in interesting times. And remember, we all die alone.